Somewhere right now, Dr. Loomis is rolling in his fucking grave. What's up? Welcome to Requiem for a Tuesday. It's your boy, Adam Pecora here. Thanks for tuning in. How the fuck are ya? I'm not great. Because we're talking the new Halloween movie today, Halloween Ends. And boy, oh boy, what a fucking dumpster fire that we will very much get into heavily. It'll probably cover most of the episode today. But first, let's talk plugs. Probably hair plugs, to be honest, because your boy is balding. It's not stopping. And there's nothing I can do about it. And I'm kind of just going to let it happen. That's mostly a financial obligation. Um, Just don't see it in my cards forking down 10 G's to get a hair transplant or whatever these old men be doing nowadays. Anyway, rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on whatever you use. Do it. Please. Thank you. Goes a long way. Give me some, give me some stars. How many stars are you going to give me? Pro- hopefully five. Anyway, uh, <laughs> check out the music, Multiplex and Wolf X. Again, Google, one year anniversary last week. Give that a listen if you haven't. If you have and you like it, listen to it again. Hopefully you do it more than once a year. But what can I say? We'll take what we can get. Huh. <laughs> Linked in the description below. Everything is linked in the description below, including the merch, artfat.bigcartel.com. You can get to Justice's show, Microwave Minutes, as well. And, yeah, check out his stuff, too. You know the drill. It's all there. Check it out below. Follow me on Instagram at adam.artfat. And do all the stuff. Support ya boy. Because we struggling out here. You know what I mean? Just wasted $25,000 on this shitty-ass movie ticket. <laughs> okay. So it goes without saying this is going to contain spoilers, but also let me tell you, you're going to want to hear these spoilers if you're saying, should I see this movie? Because the resounding answer is no. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. Um, if you like, oh, I'll just watch it on home at Peacock. Again, not just worth your time, period, but if you feel like it, okay. If you're like, oh, let me get a Peacock Plus, whatever it's called, trial subscription to watch this, don't do it. It's not worth the two hours it'll eat into your trial time. Maximize your trial time. Watch things that aren't this because this was atrocious. It took maybe four minutes for that to become a reality in this film. And, I mean, I thought I hated the second one. It's the Godfather Part 2 compared to this. I mean, if we're, (laughs) like, if we're doing, it has no, that I can think of, actually one just came to mind. I was going to say it has no trilogy comparison I can think of in terms of quality because the one to two gap is rough and then the two to three gap is brutal and the second one's already brutal so it's like is there anything where the second like the progression of worseness 
is in multitudes is exponential. And when I said I just thought one, my thing was Terminator, but Terminator 2 is by far the best one. So that was a bad example. But the gap from 2 to 3 is the gap I'm looking at, where that's a similar thing. But Halloween Kills is no Terminator 2. So let's backtrack that. You can forget I said it. But I'm sure there's an example. If there is, let me know. Peep me out. But I don't know what peep me out means. <laughs> the fuck am I talking about? Anyway. So let's reiterate some issues with two. Okay. It was just so insane how how much damage this man did in public, in daylight, to government employees in which there was no response, number one. Number two, entire side plot devoted to some guy who's three feet shorter than Michael Myers, yet they're all like, that's definitely Michael Myers. Makes no sense giant oversight somehow i don't know how anyone saw that and was like this subplot makes sense and then that subplot leads to nothing because all it was trying to do was run a parallel to the current state of america and it's like this is a fucking slasher movie like what are we doing and all you did was make the plot make no sense okay and I mean, the end, he gets mobbed by an entire town, defeats the entire town, and gets away, somehow. Even after, the manhunt does nothing. They can't even find him. My issue is just the sheer scale and number of people to where it's like, this makes no sense. The entire town killed him, but he didn't die. Okay, whatever. Now, that leads me to where we're at now, roughly, again, Listen to the episode from when the last movie came out. I'm sure it has. Some, it was the Halloween extravaganza, I want to say. There may have been a separate one for kills. Point is, there's an episode out there. Go listen to it. Anyway. This one divulges even further from the last one from what that was. These movies are three separate movies that are somehow one trilogy, but they're completely disjointed from being connected from each other. In every single way, each one is very different than the last one, and that is in no way positive in this case. I mean, just all logic, all of the pre-planning that had been discussed, that's the thing. That's what sucks about when you do an interview and you tell us what we're going to get, and then we don't get that, it doesn't make any sense to me. So this was initially planned to be two films shot back to back. And then that turned into, okay, we'll see how the first one does. And if it does well, we'll do the second one. But what they didn't anticipate was how well the first one would do. And granted, on record, that is a good film. I have my nitpicks with that one too as well. But overall, great effort. They fully brought it back. It felt great. Good stuff. Okay? Good stuff in there. And there are there's a few elements of the second one, I'll admit, that I liked short. But not many. Overall, I th- hated it. <laughs> so, my point being, first one does so well, it's now a trilogy. So, it was never planned to be a trilogy. 
And now it's a trilogy. And these guys are just roped in. Danny McBride, David Gordon Green. I'm going to go ahead and assume that Kills was the original second movie and they just rolled with it as is and maybe dragged some stuff out because that was also my thing is that it felt like the whole movie was just one long setup so there could be a third movie. Like it felt like the middle of a movie. Whereas the first one was a complete film on its own. This felt just like, okay, we're just going to segue a whole movie to lead us into the next movie. But then this movie completely pivots off that. So that makes the second one even a little bit worse. Okay? And it seems like they had no idea for a third one at any point in time. And it's like, fuck it. We got to get it out by Halloween. That's how this feels. Let's just get into it. Okay? I'm going to have wikipedia open here to guide me through it but i think i have a pretty strong grasp of how this bad boy went down so let's let's just go in we'll go story mode (laughs) so this movie opens the same way the first two did with the throwback reference to the original credits from the first two movies it's cool you get the little nostalgia whatever and So this takes place in 2019. So this is set right after the events of the second movie, possibly. No, the first movie, because it happened in 2018. One and two were all one night, I think. Whatever. The point is, this is set around the events of the first two movies. Okay? Brand new character out of nowhere who ends up being the main character in the movie huge issue okay he's babysitting some rich family's kid rich couple's kid they're in this big old house and that's really all you get and now the boy is like oh michael myers is still out there blah 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 like i'm gonna scare you and they're watching i don't know some cronenberg movie or something excuse me for not knowing what it was um And the kid pulls a prank on the guy. He runs around the house, disappears, takes a knife, closes a bunch of doors, makes it seem like Michael Myers is in the house. Now, you don't know this as you're watching it. You're like, oh, shit, is he here? Did he just take the kid? And it's all very effective. I'll give them this. The opening is pretty good until I get to the end of the opening scene. You'll see. Uh, (laughs) And there's a lot of suspense. You don't know what's going on. He's going up. The stairs, opening doors, you're hearing noises, the typical classic Michael Myers stuff. He then goes into the attic, thinks he's in the attic with just Michael, okay? All of a sudden, the door closes, the guy can't open it, he starts freaking out. And the kid's like, ha, 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 gotcha, gotcha. And this dude, okay, here's where it gets crazy. I get that, like, if you think Michael Myers is coming after you, you would be panicking, but I, I suppose that the kid laughing and having fun would have been a sign that he did all this to you and you fell for it and you should probably ease up or whatever. Again, granted, in a Halloween movie, that is right when you would get stabbed. So we'll give a little bit of benefit of the doubt there. However, what happens next is he kicks the door open from it being locked. 
It hits this kid in the head, and he falls three stories from where they're at, from the attic, because they have this like winding staircase, so there's a big hole in the center, and he falls to the main floor the second the parents walk in the door and is dead. And they show it. And I thought it was illegal to show children being killed on screen, and that's why it's never done. Maybe it's just because it's in incredibly poor taste, but they did it on this one, and it is just as bad as it sounds. And then that's it. It's just like three years later. It's like, what? <laughs> so this kid hits the ground, he's dead, and then it's like Halloween ends. And you're like, wait, what? And it is exactly from that mode the whole way on. It is a car in neutral going down a mountain. There is no stopping this runaway train into the fucking garbage dump. And I don't know how this happened. It's just like... It's movies like this where things like this happen where fans get credibility and them being like, I could have done better than this. And there's typically a natural counter response to where it's like, well, you don't really know how hard it is to make a movie and all this and blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you this. Any, well, not any, but <laughs> a true fan of this series could have written a better ending to this trilogy. Like to the second, like if you take the material from the first two, there's a way to finish it better than this. A uh, hundred different ways. So let's move on. So basically what they're what they do next is they use voiceover and it's Jamie Lee Curtis just being like, I'm writing a book about how everything is. And here's the exposition to fill in the gaps of the three years. And basically, the aftermath of the killing spree Michael Myers went on in the first two movies wrecked the town and blah, 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 blah. Here's my problem with that. What about the first time? <laughs> Not that it didn't, you know, but I'm just saying all of a sudden this one has the real impact. Let's keep going. So she's writing a memoir, living with the granddaughter who was in the first two movies. By the way, Lori was basically not in the second movie. She was just in a hospital bed and they'd cut to her every now and then. And in this one, there's not really any reason for her to be in it. And it's very inconsistent what happens with her character throughout the movie. So, yeah. And we're just focusing on this guy. The guy who kills the baby. And it's like, who is this guy? And basically, he works at a junkyard. And everybody in the town hates him because he killed a kid. So all of that, very fair. Uh, while he's on his way home from the junkyard, it shows him riding a bike. Even though he's a mechanic, somehow doesn't own a car. Doesn't add up. Every mechanic of all time has a car. Because they can build cars. So they can get a $300 clunker that doesn't work. Anyway, you get the gist. He, on the way home, is taunted. According to Wikipedia, this is labeled as, quote, high school bullies. This man is established to be over 21 years old because while this is happening, he's coming out of a gas station and they want liquor, don't have their fake ID. These, quote, unquote, high school bullies are all members of the high school marching band. 
Now, my guess is to show that this kid's that much of a wimp that he can't beat up band geeks, but they're also portrayed as these, like, I don't know, like, punks. Like, the literal term. You know, like, one kid's got, like, dyed hair and a mullet, and he's like, I'm punk rock. And another kid is just like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But none of these kids that are in band would ever be like this anywhere. And I've never seen a scenario, I don't think even in a movie, where anyone in any high school is just beating the shit out of someone like four years older than them. So, anyway, and also, by the way, him denying to buy them booze is the reason they hold a grudge against him this entire movie. That's it. That's all it was. They didn't move on with their day. They held a permanent grudge against a guy for this. Which... Let me tell you, never had that happen to me in my entire life. At no point in time when I was in high school did I actively drive around with my friends and look for a guy so we could pull over and try to kick him. Like, this doesn't happen. I'm sorry. Okay. So let's see what happens from there. Ah, yes. Laurie Strode pulls up to that gas station and saves him from these children and is immediately like oh you're the guy who killed that kid and i had to save you from children i'm going to introduce you to my granddaughter okay so that happens they immediately are boyfriend and girlfriend they hang out once and then they're instantly inseparable right so silly already they and she then invites the guy to a halloween party And while they're at that Halloween party, he finally lets loose after all this time of being ridiculed by the entire town. And then the mother of the boy he killed is at the party. She yells at him and he leaves in a panic. Okay. Then the granddaughter chases after him and they get into a big fight. And he's like, people look at you and they think you're a survivor. They look at me. They think I'm a murderer. And it's like, yeah. Because you killed a kid (laughs) and she survived. Like, that's literally what happened. Anyway, so he runs away crying. Like, literally. I got confronted. (laughs) Like, sure, that would be a rough confrontation, no doubt. And you should leave in in that situation. But it's like, buddy. All you have to do is be like, yo, can you just like give me a ride home? I'm not comfortable being here. But no. Runs off crying, okay? As he's walking home, he needs to cross some, like, you know, just a bridge. Just your standard, like, highway bridge or whatever. It's not going over water. It's just, like, going over a ditch, okay? These high school kids just pull over in the middle of the road. There's no shoulder or anything. Somehow, no traffic is going by this entire time also. So, it's cool. You can just block off a lane of traffic. Nobody will ever get mad. Sure. Okay. Um and <laughs> basically they're they try to I forgot what they tried to do. They tried to get him to do something and he's like, "No, I'm not going to do it." Uh and then they collectively beat the shit out of him and they throw him off a bridge. They throw this guy off this bridge. Which you know, happens all the time. 
<laughs> you know how bullies love to throw people off of bridges. Now it tech it whatever. <laughs> you get the idea. It's fucking stupid. Okay? It gets so much more stupid right after this. Okay? <sighs> so he falls down and doesn't die. But they the kids just run. They're like, we killed this guy. We gotta go. There's a homeless guy down there, and then they show like in the sewer. There's like a little hut built. Like there's a little fucking shelter thing attached to the sewer. And you instantly know. You're like, oh, so this is what happened. Michael Myers kills an entire town's worth of people and then hides in the town just under a bridge in a sewer for three consecutive years. And at no point did anyone see him. Nobody looked down there in this massive manhunt that you would think would ensue after a giant mass murder happens on one night. All he did. And also, keep in mind, at the end of Halloween Kills, he's just in his parents' house. The last scene is him standing in the house where it all started. And they didn't check there. And he moved so fast that he got right out of there. Even though he just killed Laurie Strode's daughter in that house. Nobody got there. Okay. And then nobody saw him walk from that house to a hole under a bridge. And also, like, there's a homeless guy right there. He's not going to be like, yo, by the way, this guy's over here. Like, just come check it out. That never happened? We're not even going to address any of that? Okay, sure. And it gets worse. It just keeps getting worse. Like, you're already like, oh, that's really stupid. And then, like, this guy gets killed by Michael and that triggers Michael to come back all over town. I wish. I wish that that was how stupid they made it. But it's more stupid. Okay? So he is dragged. He's, like, unconscious, obviously, from falling off a bridge. Good. He didn't get right back up, at least. But they just show him get dragged away. And you're like, all right, I know. And... It's Michael, like right out, Michael leaves him in there unconscious. The guy wakes up, sees him, Michael Myers grabs him by the throat, okay? They make eye contact, and Michael Myers just lets him go. No explanation, no anything, they kind of explain it, I'll get there. But that's it, just lets him go. And then the homeless guy just comes at him all of a sudden and then he kills the homeless guy it's like okay why is why was that conflict even a part of this i don't know it doesn't pay off in any capacity just so you know nothing does uh after he kills the homeless guy he just goes away and he goes to dinner her name is allison i'm i need to stop saying the granddaughter allison Allison, her ex, is a cop, which they establish earlier in one quick second, and he's kind of a dick and whatever. And then his name, this guy, the guy's name is Corey. So I'm going to start using first names here, finally. Not that they deserve it, okay? So Corey gets into a confrontation with the cop because he won't leave him alone, and he's kind of doing that thing. Oh, this guy? You left me for this guy? Whatever, okay? 
And then it turns into an extreme thing. And also, by the way, at this dinner, this guy's demeanor has now completely changed. He's a completely different guy. They were having fun, getting things in common, laughing, making jokes. And now he's this, like, jittery, weird, like, we got to fucking get out of town. Like, I'm so sick of this place. And it's like, none of you guys didn't have any of these conversations before. And now all of a sudden she's like, yeah, right on, bro. Like, we're so in love, even though we've hung out twice. This is the second time we're hanging out. The second time. He cries from the party, and now he's a complete psycho while they're at this diner, okay? And I guess Corey knew that the cop was going to follow him after the dinner, which, how would you know that? But sure, okay, I guess for the sake of this, we'll just let that go. He then leads him to under the bridge where Michael Myers is. The guy discovers the homeless guy's body. And panics. And then Corey runs into the Michael Myers hole. And. (laughs) This is. Okay here's word for word in Wikipedia. This leads Corey to later lure the cop into the sewer. Where he urges Michael to kill him. Thus bringing back his killer instinct. So Michael Myers. (laughs) This is the full plot. Of this trilogy. Michael Myers killed. X amount of people in 1978, okay, then stayed in a mental institution for 40 years, okay, wreaks havoc on the same town again, kills what, 2,500 people roughly in the second movie, then just loses his desire to kill for three years and lives in a hole, and it took Corey, the mechanic you just met, to bring it all back. Great. A A plus job. Totally makes sense to me. All right. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Allison then finds out that she was passed on a promotion because a nurse is having sex with the doctor they work for, the one who got the promotion. Also, by the way, before the diner dinner, Corey's like, I killed someone. And then she doesn't say anything. And that's it. They just let it go. He was trying to be like, yo, I just killed some homeless guy under a bridge. And I guess she just assumed he meant the kid. I don't really know. But made no sense. Okay. What's next? Oh, yeah. So the little nurse goes to the doctor's house. They're going to have some wine. Fuck. They're going to fuck real nasty. Oh, let's fuck because you got a new promotion that I gave you. It's like, okay. Anyway, Michael Myers shows up and kills them, except he's with Corey. They have matching jumpsuits on and Corey has his own little mask, which is kind of a reference to the mask Michael wore as a little kid, like that clown mask thing. But they're working as a team, and they kill them both. What? Like, why this guy? There's not really an explanation for it. The well, This is what they give as the explanation. Laurie's like, I looked into his eyes. They're just like Michael's. So, all of a sudden, because he found Michael, he turned into him? That's the point you're trying to give? So... 
his killer instinct transferred via strangulation or he was that way the whole time and it took making Michael for him to realize it either way. He's just like, this seems like a good guy. This Corey, I'll work with him. Like (laughs) everything about it just makes no sense. Like, Oh yeah. We just have the, we just like get each other. (laughs) Like we have a telepathic thing. It's like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like why would all of a sudden after all of this, all he needed was a friend. (laughs) Like, okay, let's keep going. Allison and Corey decide they're going to leave. And Lori Again, here's a quote from Wikipedia. Lori becomes increasingly suspicious after Corey begins mimicking Michael's behavior. What, murdering people? That's the only behavior that you should have a problem with. And that's the only one that you're aware of, Lori. So, just what are we talking about? And... She's basically like, you gotta leave her. This isn't going to work. And he's like, nah. Then it just cuts to Halloween and Corey shows up to the hole Michael lives in. Again, he's just walking back and forth to this hole. Like they kill the people and he just walks home. He's like, all right, going back to my house. (laughs) Got to water the plants. Like that's it. You just assume he just, he just cleanly walks right back. That's how that's going to go? Okay. So he goes, Corey goes back into the sewer, just walks up, and just wrestles Michael Myers, steals his mask. Just takes him down to the ground and rips it off him, and that's it. Michael Myers can't catch up to him. He's caught up to every person that's ever ran away from him, no matter how far they've gone, no matter how many stairs, no matter how well they know the building. He's always able to show up in a different spot, but this guy can just walk up, wrestle him, and steal the mask. Even though it has been shown, even through the original movie, that if you try to take his mask, he's going to make sure he puts it back on. It's the only reason Lori got away in the original film. But this guy, just wrestle him to the ground. No biggie. The guy who has been bigger than stronger than everyone. And again... You could say, oh, well, he's old now. Well, he was old in the last movie because, again, he was like 62 when Halloween Kills was set. And he was, again, a force. He took out an entire fire department. He took out an entire town. He got shot with many guns, stabbed, slashed, whatever it is. But this guy shows up and is like, yeah, but do you know how to wrestle? And it's like, oh, we found his weakness. All we had to do was get the wrestling team on this guy, and we would have been done after one murder. Okay. (laughs) Fired up, fellas. I am fired up. All right. (sighs) Then, Lori and Allison argue for the same thing. But Allison blames Lori for what Michael did. So that became a thing in this movie as well. Where Lori... So the way that Corey's getting shit on for killing the kid, people around town resent Lori for it being her fault that Michael did this. Okay? Let's backtrack again to what the plot of these movies is. 1978. 
kid kills his parents, when he is 21, he escapes from a mental institution, returns to his hometown, begins murdering high school girls. That's the gist, okay? 2018, he escapes after 40 years and goes back. Lori set her house up as a trap to lure him in so that they can kill him in the event that he returns. She did not break him out. She did not do anything to lure him to the town. She did everything she could to save everyone. Now, sure, maybe some people's perceptions would shift a little, but there is no direct blame because she didn't have anything to do with it. I want to say in the second one, it was her idea to round everybody up. Maybe, but I feel like she was saying no, not to. Regardless, it was not her fault. And then her granddaughter blames her for everything Michael did. Now, your mom died, and she was helping you defend the house, so that is more specific and does kind of make sense. But again, like, for the whole thing, you know, she was just prepared, unlike everyone else. So, we'll give Lori a pass on this one. Anyway. (sighs) Ah, yes. This is is where it gets to the climax. I did air quotes there. So, after he steals Michael's mask, he goes back to work. And waits out for the high schoolers. Because somehow he knew the high schoolers were going to show up at his work. This doesn't make any sense in any way. Maybe there was a reference to how he would know that. But I'm pretty sure. Maybe he followed them regardless. Okay. They show up to his work because they want to fuck with him. Again. Like if you're in high school. And you want to fuck with somebody. You know not to do something like this. Because your whole goal is not to get caught. And all it takes is one other person to be there. To ruin your entire childhood. Okay. But they do. And. He just walks up and kills them all. There's At no point in this movie. Are there any of the hallmarks of this franchise. Like there's no suspense. There's no like, oh, this door closed, this one opened, he's going to pop up here, or you thought he went out the back door, but really he's, you know what I mean? Where it's just like, oh shit, how'd he do that? He's the shape. He just appears. He manifests. All the None of that happens. Again, the main character is Corey. It's not Michael. Michael's in like 20 minutes altogether, and half the time they're a duo. It doesn't have any comic relief of any kind. The first one didn't really... I mean, it kind of did in the lead-up, but then it stayed pretty serious. The 2018 version was a great balance of everything. They really tried to do... to make it as authentic to the original as possible. And again, I've been upset that they retconned Halloween 2 the whole time anyway. Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends just make it even less justifiable because the re- the main reason they did it was to take away the fact that Lori is Michael's sister, right? And he's just a killing machine. Like, that's what we want to focus on. But 
overall, it's like, why has he been coming back to her? I could I could see an argument. Okay, it's been 40 years. He goes back to the same town. He happens to see her. Or he remembers like, oh, one got away. We got to go get that one. Maybe. But now, again and again, like it's always just about her. It's like, why would it be this much about her if they weren't related? It would almost lend itself to it. Also, why are you retconning what it was a great movie? I love Halloween, too. Um, but Halloween Kills, my point was, has that great, the best part of it was the two gay guy scene, like Big John, Little John, whatever it was. And it was funny, but it was also suspenseful and it paid off well. It had a cool, it had cool kills. This has none of that. There's no cool kills. There's not really homages. Like the homages they choose to make are just to other John Carpenter movies, which is not what this is about. Like, yes, we love John Carpenter. But this is supposed to be the conclusion to Halloween. So it's like you're using this opportunity to do this. It's not what anybody wants. It's not what anybody wants. Like, this movie's like half a Christine remake. Why are we doing that? Who, who is this for? This is a Halloween movie. Anyway. Let's keep going. So... He murders the high school is no problem. They kill his stepdad. Then he goes to kill his mother. And he kills a radio station host who was slightly rude to them at one point earlier. And it's like, okay. Then Lori calls in a su- her own suicide to her house. And somehow that makes Corey show up. So I guess all of a sudden he has a police scanner. At that at no point was established, but sure. Okay. So then he shows up instead of the cops, but she's like, you really thought I'd kill myself? Bam. And then they fight back. Okay. Then she kills him. No problem. She kills Corey. And then he stabs himself in the neck. And he's like, "Ah, I'm framing you. Now Allison's going to think you did it. And it's like, what? Like, it's just so flimsy. And then she shows up and is immediately outraged. And it's like, yeah, I didn't want you to date this guy or move away with him. So I shot him twice in the stomach and then stabbed him in the neck. Now you'll really never date him. I committed a murder. A straight up murder to this guy who's wearing a jumpsuit and carrying a butcher knife like Michael Myers. I set all this up and I'm going to go to prison for the remainder of my years because I just think he's a bad seed. It's it's just so flimsy and paper thin. And there's anyway, (laughs) what happens next? All right. Wait. Then Michael shows up just to get his mask back. And then Lori, after a brief struggle, immediately defeats Michael Myers. So after all this, after what they went through in the first movie to burn him alive, (laughs) to shoot him with many guns, to stab him multiple times. And then the second movie where all of that happens tenfold over. 
I guess you're, the argument is that's what it took to weaken him. And then four years later, he's still just weakened by all that. So he could survive, but now he's weak. Even though the way he killed the entire town was right after all that bad stuff happened to him. So my point is, all of a sudden, this unstoppable force is now just really stoppable. Okay. And then, yeah, she just pins him down, they cut him up a bunch, and then they throw him in a giant grinder. It's like, okay, he's dead. And then Lori goes on a date with a cop. And it's like, well, it's over. Wasn't that satisfying? And exactly what you guys wanted? And it's like, fuck no. Fuck no. There was zero elements of this movie that I thought were likable or even redeemable in any way. Every character is flimsy and flawed. And they introduce a brand new character to be the main character to end a trilogy that originated from a movie from 1978 that is an iconic classic film. And they said, we're going to wrap it up by making this movie not about the guy it's about. Like, I don't know how anyone is happy with this. I don't know why Jamie Lee Curtis was like, yep, run it. Great, satisfying ending. Like, I don't know why John Carpenter didn't publicly decry how egregious this is. It's like, the only reference you guys brought in was, oh, we did the first person cam a couple times. We did the music drops a couple times. That's it. They're like, oh, we kind of referenced Halloween 5 and 6 by doing some weird voodoo shit connection, which is like, those movies all sucked. Why are you referencing those? Like, the the Halloween 3 reference in the last one was kind of cool. They just had the masks in the movie, a subtle little thing. It wasn't a fucking plot point. This had zero cool kills, zero suspense. It, It just wasn't anything. Band geeks torture a child murderer who then just kills people. That's it. Like, this is a bad old 80s horror movie that they made for $3 million with really high production quality, and then they just tied it to the Halloween IP. It is a complete abomination. And... Everyone who spent a dime on this movie to go see it deserves their money back. Anyone who is a fan of this franchise, like H2O would have been a great way to end it after fucking five bad movies in a row or however many. That was like Halloween eight, I think, technically. So whatever. They're like, okay, let's finally step it up. Let's turn it back into a quality thing. Now, I talked about that movie. It is too similar to Scream because they got the same writer and it's like almost the same style and the music changed to be a classical score and it all kind of matches all that. But that is a competent quality Halloween movie. It's It's the best one since the second one. 
And at the time, they're like, we can't let it end this way. We have to do resurrection. And then that led us to where we are now. But the Rob Zombie reboot got criticized like crazy, far superior to what this trilogy is. Now, the second movie in that one also horrendous. So I get it. It's a hard thing to do sustainably. But if your whole goal was to make a trilogy that wraps up this character and you're only going off the first movie and sequeling to it, it makes zero sense to pivot this hard. And the goal should have been to tell one long three-part story about them killing this guy. Now, having to separate it and waiting for the first one to come out and see what happens, okay. But since it was announced trilogy back-to-back, just why was that not done as one thing? Like, why isn't that Deathly Hallows part one and two or whatever equivalent thing you want to make? Like, I just don't know how any of this got greenlit and everybody was like, run it, we're doing it. Because it was so baked in homages to what everybody loves about the original and the second one and even the shitty ones in the middle. Like, there's a campiness to them. This is nothing. This is nothing. It is. There's no likable characters in this entire movie. Not one. Because everything is so disjointed. Like Lori's this like, oh, I'm free now. I bought a house. I'm not like given into my fear. Like I'm not locked away. I'm part of the community now. But then it's just totally inconsistent. Like she introduces him to this guy and then all of a sudden this guy's crazy. And then all of a sudden. They're interested in uh, they're instantly in love. But then Lori's instantly opposed to it. And it's like not enough time to pass or developed anything about any of these people to where all none of these changes make any sense. There's no way she would still be into this guy after he starts acting crazy. There's no way Lori like would just flip like it just uh, I can't even put it into words. You see, you hear me struggling in your ears right now. It's just everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And this movie's long. It's the longest one by only a few minutes. They're all about an hour 45. This is like an hour 50, whatever, plus or minus a few minutes. And as little happens as anything in any of them. And like the Halloween kills again, I'm I'm coming up with positives about how much better that was than kills. And I or I'm sorry, than ends. And I hated kills. I hated it. I now like it a whole lot more. I still have no interest in watching it again because it was so absurd and over the top. But this was so subdued and weak and senseless and illogical that that was great. Now, at least that one continues the nostalgia factor. It brings back characters from the original, which, again, I don't think anyone would even recognize. I don't think any of those people even look similar, but at least it's trying to do something. And. Again, there's all the homages. Where's the homages? Where's the comic relief? Where's anything? Kills and the original and 2018, the police are characters and figures in the movie and it's like a they're trying to find him people are trying to hide while they try to find him there's your other plot lines and in this one they just shoehorn him in 
Like one's a love interest for Lori. The other people just show up at the end when it's time to do it. Like at no point is anyone even pursuing any of these murders. There's no reports of it. There's no fear in the town. Like all of the elements just go away. They're just killing all these people and then that's it. Nobody's aware of it and it's whatever. There's no hysteria. There's no element of it. Like, oh, it's Halloween night. Like none of it. It all just happens and it's whatever. And then we win at the end and it's like, all right, moving on. Goodbye. Like, there are no police characters in this. Again, the lady from 78, like one of them, she might have been the only one who survived from kills is back in this one. But I read that they shoehorned that in because of fan interest. And it wasn't even, nobody else was even supposed to be in it. Like, this movie has no other characters. There's four characters in this movie, ultimately. Like, there's Corey, Lori, (laughs) Michael. That's it. That are actually relevant. Sure, there's literally other characters. But you know what I mean? Like, the story just got so small all of a sudden, which is especially jarring given just how large the scope got in the second one. I don't know. It just completely missed the mark in every way. Uh, I don't know how many times I can reiterate the same thing over and over again, but. I mean, in all the ways kills failed, this also failed. But in all the, again, the slight things I just said that kills succeeded in, it abandoned all of that. So all of the good from the first one, the second one got a little bit of it, and this one got zilch. There is nothing in this. That I have any interest in. And the reviews are not nearly as bad as you'd think. I think Kills got slightly worse. From what I've seen. There's no. There's not. I mean. Trust me. There's some good reviewers out there. Who are saying similar to what I'm saying. And it's like what the fuck. But I don't know. Like it's it's hard to gauge. Because I feel like there's a lot of reviewers out there. Who don't take it seriously and it's like oh well this is just my job to get clicks on this review when they watch it bullshit don't really put that much into account and they're like oh what a cool unique twist what an interesting way to wrap it up it's like well you're not coming at that from any like film perspective any fandom perspective it's just like well just gotta get this article out because i don't see how you could see this and be like Wow, what a satisfying close. Glad we waited 44 years. And here's the thing. I mean, they're just going to do it again, right? Like, I I understand that when, like, H2O happened, it's like, well, this is one film series. We can't reboot. Like, reboots weren't really a thing. So there was, like, like oh, we have to, like, retcon or come up with a way out of it if we're going to do another movie. Whereas, like... When Rob Zombie just made a remake and then did a sequel, cool, we're there. And now this one, because it got the permission to retcon Halloween 2, which again is insane, and be a direct sequel, it's like, well, now it's over. It doesn't go Halloween through Resurrection. It goes Halloween through Halloween Ends. And it's like, well, yeah, we'll just decide that it doesn't. Or we'll just do another remake and redo the whole thing correct, maybe. You know, the only thing I can say about this is at least compared to like Halloween 6, this has good production value. That's it. That's the only positive. 
and there's no movie that comes out now that really should or even could have low production value. So it's not saying much. Uh, but like even the direction was lazy. There was nothing cool with like camera work that was happening. Again, there was a couple first time to- like uh, first person shots, but that's like a staple of the franchise, and they really underutilized that. The other one had like cool creative photography. This has nothing. It was nothing. To me, if anything, they were like, we signed on to this because we got the check. Let's just get it done. That's like the best case scenario, though, too, because I think if they like poured their heart into this and they were like, this is going to be great for everybody, uh, that that would be even worse, that you could misfire this poorly on accident. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, we gave this our best. This is everything. I think their interest in doing these fell to the wayside, probably after the first one, but certainly in between two and three. Because it's it's just unacceptable. I mean, it's just complete garbage. And I don't... I don't know. I would be shocked if anyone saw this and truly was like, bravo. You know? I mean, I just got to be honest, too, like... I still would have hated kills, but probably a lot less if at the end they just successfully killed him. Because here, let me tell you this too. There's a huge mob that he somehow gets out of, which was just the worst thing ever. But then at the end of ends, he is strapped to the top of a police car and like paraded through the town to when they take him to this industrial grinder to finally make sure he's gone, gone, right? I'm assuming that that was how Kills was supposed to end. That after this giant mob thing, they were going to kill him, kill him, parade him through town and do the same thing. And I think that if Kill, that's just a theory, but let's say that that's how Kills ends, like the mob works they completely like get him dead and then they bring him there, throw him in the grinder and it took the whole town as an effort after all of that c- carnage in the second one. That would have been a much more satisfying way to end it because also the way they're like, oh, the town has just not been the same. It's been in despair. It's all through voiceover and like a quick little montage. There's not really like evidence of it at all because again, the whole focus of this movie is this new guy, Corey. And then Michael Myers is shoehorned in at the end and then they kill him. And it's just, I just think if you're going to go as big as you go in the second one, just let it end. I, I get it. The whole goal is you're really just trying to make money. But if, if the goal of making money was to have a fulfilling, quality, satisfactory ending to 1978's Halloween in the form of sequels, just do the two. And let it be that way. And kills would still be incredibly flawed. But it's like fuck man. They really showed like this guy. This is what he can do. And this is what it takes to bring him down. That's something. But now all of a sudden he's just weak. And you can just steal his mask. And then Lori can just stop him by him by herself. And again she's been prepping for 40 years right. But she was prepping for 40 years. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't stop him. But now that she gave up prepping to stop this guy now she can just stop him like that's what you could again theorize like i'm trying to help them out here you could say like oh that's what it took to not be afraid of him 
for him to not be powerful, maybe, maybe, but the whole town was still afraid. I guess everybody except Lori. Again, I, I, I don't even know what the thinking process could be behind it. But I mean, yeah, again, just zero execution in any way. So if you want to put yourself through it, watch it. But man, really miss the mark. Really miss the mark. And it just kind of really upsets me, too, just because like Danny McBride, I was like, oh, Danny McBride's going to make this horror movie. I don't know. Then 2018 comes out and it's like, oh, fuck, that was super legit. He definitely can. What's up with this comedy to horror transition that seems to work for so many guys? And then boy, oh boy, did they disappoint from then on. It, it, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Can't, can't undo it now. I just, I feel, I feel I was so angry right away. Right when that kid fell off their little stairwell thing and died, I was like, wait, what is this? And then as everything kept happening, like in the theater, I mean, there was like six people in this like 300 seat theater. After everything that kept happening, I was just like, what is this? Because the dialogue just wouldn't make any sense ever either. Like the way people would interact Again, like the way that Corey just bipolar in every scene to where it's like, oh, this is how this guy is and his home life rough, but he's like a nice guy. And then this accident happened and then it made it worse and harder for him to be this nice guy. Sure. But then all of a sudden he's just this like jittery, like I'm a bad boy. Hop on my motorcycle. And it's just like there's no character you can't have a new character and then have him have no development and then he's all of a sudden michael myers tag team partner best friend and i mean man like as i say it out loud it's like there's no way adam there's no way that's what's that's what happens in halloween kills and going or an end sorry uh, going in I was like, I know I hated this, the second one. There's no way that this will be good. And I was like, how can they, like, how bad could this be? That was all, That was my question. I was like, I'm pretty confident this is going to be bad. I'll be pleasantly surprised if it's at least as good as the second one, which is bad. And they somehow made it so much worse that I never could have even fathomed just how bad it was going to be. Like, in my head, I'm trying to prepare, like, be ready. And it completely defied my expectations in such a negative way that it's unapproachable. I I have no comparisons to just how much worse this was than already really, really low expectations. Um, so I guess, Hey, David Gordon green in a way you outdid yourself on this one. Whew. That was rough. I originally thought maybe this would be a 30 minute episode. <laughs> surprise, surprise. 
Rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday, please. Apple, Spotify, you name it. Check out the merch. Check out the music. Everything is linked in the description below. Check it out. Check out the Halloween extravaganza episode. Check out all the old episodes. Anything you haven't listened to before, give it a listen. See if there's anything, uh, any movies you're interested in that maybe I've talked about before. Maybe I hated those too, and I probably did. <laughs> what will he hate next? Um, <laughs> but yeah. Halloween episodes, we got, there's a few other horror movie episodes. If you're one of those Halloween mode people, just give a look through the episode list. I'm sure you'll find something you like. Again, everything is linked in the description below. Check out all the wonderful things we have made for you. Until next week, this is Adam Pecora, Requiem for a Tuesday. Remember, I are fat, you are fat, we are fat. Calculator.